We're joined today by China Africa CEO Paul Johnson. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Alex. How are you? I'm uh, very good. It's been a little while since we've spoke to each other. It has, yeah, but you've been stuck on uh, on a rig somewhere, haven't you, out uh, near Belgium? <laughs> I have, actually. I've just done five weeks. That's why I've been a bit quiet. But uh, I, I just want to pick up on China Africa. Can you Can you just give us a bit of background to the company, please? Yes, of course, no problem. Well, China Africa has been on the market for quite a few years. They were trying to develop a Namibian uh, mine. Uh, the company was a bit moribund because 90% of the shares were owned by two shareholders. And in recent years, financing has been difficult and they weren't able to push things forward very rapidly. So a decision was taken last year to spin the assets in Namibia out to the existing shareholders. And we came along and offered to raise some money and keep the business alive on AIM as uh, uh, China Africa resources, but as a Rule 15 cash shell. So in December, mid-December, there was a general meeting. Shareholders approved uh, a distribution of the uh, Namibian asset, which was held through a Namibian company. Uh, to the then shareholders, we raised £1 million uh, for the company turned it into a, a Rule 15 cash shell following the uh, the uh, completion of the administration and distribution process for the uh, Namibian interests. And now we're focused on energy, metals and minerals and undertaking within six months a reverse takeover uh, of uh, an energy, metals and minerals uh, asset. I've seen the Rule 15 cash shell. Uh, just reading your past statements... It says a circular of the 21st of November 2016. So how, how does that affect you? How will investors understand that? Well, basically, from the, from the point at which the assets are distributed uh, and the, uh, the company changes into a Rule 15 cash shell. So, uh, in effect, uh, we have six months uh, from the distribution to uh, affect a uh, reverse takeover. Uh, the investing companies uh, have uh, long been on AIM. Uh, they've been designated as Rule 15, but uh, they used to have 12 months to implement their investing policy. Uh, the problem was you had management teams that were doing precious little to develop the business. Yeah. And the exchange, quite rightly, was frustrated with management teams sat there paying themselves money and not doing very much to push the businesses forward. So they said, well, we're getting rid of that classification, as it were, uh, or that, that, that description of a Rule 15 company. We're going to call them, instead of investing companies, cash shells. And we're going to reduce the period of time they have to do a reverse takeover transaction to six uh, months from 12 months it means that you have to act very efficiently and promptly you can't hang around uh it's just enough time you know uh for for people who are uh, reasonably efficient to do a, a comfortable transaction uh and we're absolutely comfortable with what uh, the exchange has done we entirely agree with the fact that these moribund uh, dull investing companies run by people who have no real interest in pushing the business forward were definitely not in the interest of the exchange. This new structure, uh, time pressures, of course, it, uh, it brings to bear on you, make things more challenging and you have to really crack on. But we think it's a much better structure. So we're, we're, we're happy and comfortable with it. The, the, obviously, the only reason I'm asking you that question, because in 2016, I think a lot of Retail investors had a few, uh, how would you say, bad incidents 
with cash shells. So what would you say is different from you guys? You say you have a million pound in the bank. Yeah. We've, uh, we raised, uh, we raised a million quid in uh, December to enable us to do what we needed to do. Uh, the reverse takeover process requires obviously uh, the identification of uh, various assets, the uh, due diligence and the investigation of those potential interests, and then you have to go through a process of, uh, of acquisition and uh, publication of uh, uh, documents, uh, general meetings and that kind of thing. Uh, so uh, there is a risk with any uh, in, uh, cash shell, a Rule 15 cash shell, that they may not be able to complete their acquisition in time. Uh, the we've obviously laid out a mandate uh, saying that we want to complete it in time when we're doing everything we can to make sure that happens. The, we, we, we're not restricted to solely undertaking, uh, uh, you know, uh, reverse takeover transactions. However, we can do other things as well, as long as they don't breach what are called the class tests, uh, and, and become a reverse takeover transaction themselves. So we yeah. can, uh, take positions, invest in things, and look at different opportunities along the way. Uh, it's, uh, I, I would say the, the principal risk that you have as a Rule 15 cash shell looking uh, from an investor perspective is that you don't finish on time. And I can fully understand the uh, frustrations of investors in the market with previous cash shells that have failed to meet their, uh, their deadlines. Uh, in addition, it's, it's worth noting that the process that you go through with regards to a reverse takeover is quite complex, can take some time, uh, and uh, it, it's not an easy process to complete. So uh, I have some sympathy for, the, for previous shells that haven't been able to perform. However, I do feel that uh, in general, uh, it's, uh, it's up to the incumbent management to do their level best to make sure everything happens on schedule. We've spoke on a few occasions. Yeah. And I'm saying for, for CAF now, how will be to you? How positive are you going into 2017? Oh, no, very, very much so. I think the, uh, the, avail the availability of assets in the energy metals and mineral space uh, is significant. We, we've had a long downturn in the sector. The pricing of the uh, uh, commodities has been under pressure for quite some time many of them are starting to recover now but there's still the lingering negative sentiment still uh, impacts uh, share prices of junior resource companies uh, impacts financing of resource companies and therefore impacts the ability of project vendors to actually do deals we've always been uh, in the businesses that uh, i've undertaken we've always taken a view of offering fair compensation to vendors on reasonable terms so we're not out to uh, to skin anybody alive but uh, and we but what we're absolutely keen to do is make sure that any acquisitions that we make are high uh, potential acquisitions so that the uh, the investors in our stock can make a considerable amount of money if we're successful uh, so uh, Looking at the project mix that we have in front of us, we've announced to market that we are looking at a dozen different things, obviously some more advanced than others. Uh, it, yeah, I think we've got a phenomenal opportunity uh, to uh, to make a, a real uh, difference and build the capital value of, uh, of our company uh, so that people get a good return. We have to go through obviously the the usual processes as a uh, as a cash shell to make sure that we come back on market but our focus is to come back as an operating company uh, so that we can actually take on projects 
we can own uh, the majority or all of the projects and we can actually control, guide, direct the work on the ground. So uh, by the middle of this year, uh, which is obviously the, you know around the deadline date for our transaction, we, we hope that we're not only a, a, a full operating company on the AIM market, uh, but we also uh, hope that we have one or more significant projects in our portfolio that can make uh, a considerable difference to shareholders' uh, portfolios. What you're saying there is, reading between the lines, and obviously I know you guys, it's, it's sensitive information and you only put out what's on R&Ss and in the markets. You, ta- you could be targeting more than one asset. Yeah, we, we've uh, we've actually put within the RNS that we're we're taking a reasonably uh, uh, diversified field, view. Yeah. With yeah, but the the reason is that if you put all your eggs in one basket with a single asset, uh, then you can uh, be quite exposed as a company if things don't quite go according to plan. Now, uh, if you can diversify by commodity, by geography. Uh, then you protect yourself from both the economic cycle and the pricing of commodities and also any ge- local geopolitical risk that you might face yeah. in any one particular country. Although it has to be said right now, there are many projects available in perfectly safe and reasonable jurisdictions uh, on reasonable terms. So uh, in fairness, I think you can largely negate the well the majority of the geopolitical risk uh commodity risk you can never really control of course but uh, if you have a, a two or three projects across uh, commodity uh, spectrum or across the energy metals and mineral space then uh, you have some degree of inbuilt protection uh for example in recent times the price of lithium has been uh, falling a little bit but the price of cobalt has been rising uh because uh, the the shift uh into into uh, a cobalt focus has been uh, quite something now the of course the problem is what we're uh, you have to be forward looking rather than just uh looking backwards so uh we think that uh, provided we have a, a reasonable spread across uh, across uh, different commodity groups then and across different geographic areas we, we give ourselves optimum protection and the best chance for the investor base to make a, a material return Spread your RNSs, so you're targeting, you've got like your list is uranium, lithium, cobalt, copper, coal. So, like you say, effectively, it's all the energy metals and the minerals involved in power generation, power distribution, power storage. That's what you're targeting. Yeah, well, we, we, we figured that the world needs power. Uh, and we, we also figured that the AIM market itself didn't really have a tremendous uh, array of opportunities for people to invest. Uh, in specifically in this group of, uh, of commodities, uh, the uh, so for example, uranium uh, is the ultimate turnaround opportunity. We've seen uh, a real shock environment since the 2011 Fukushima disaster in March 11. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. That really pulled the price of the commodity back, but it's been starting to recover recently. Maybe it's a false dawn, but it looks like it might be on the cusp of doing something reasonably interesting. Uh, and as past experience tells us, when uranium uh, starts to become in vogue again, the prices of uranium companies really do rise tremendously. And we've seen a few Canadian uh, 
quite a few Canadian uranium plays really start to increase in price of late. So maybe it's the start of something. Lithium's had a pullback commodity-wise recently, but in fairness, you uh, if you look at the lithium market, uh, lithium junior resource companies, there are lots on um, the TSX and ASX. Uh, but in the UK, there's, there's not that much. So when you have a few companies engaged with lithium, there seems to be a very major reaction to it. It's almost as if the UK market's yearning, uh, you know, one or two extra lithium plays uh, to actually engage with. Uh, if you look at uh, Cobalt, Cobalt's the partner to lithium in batteries. It helps to stabilize the uh, the lithium batteries. There's been a few issues with uh, lithium batteries exploding and so on. Uh, yeah. So uh, there's an expectation going forward that there'll be more demand on cobalt. The price has risen quite uh, a bit of late, and uh, uh, it seems to be the slightly hidden but potentially major opportunity going forward. Uh, copper uh, is rising in 2016 quite considerably. A few companies, one of them quite close to my recent past, has uh, been finding <laughs> some interesting copper discoveries, and it's made a dramatic difference to the valuation of the companies. Uh, there are copper opportunities out there. Uh, if you get the right one, uh, then you can uh, inspire investors, and there's a, a real growing interest in investing in decent copper plays. Uh, the... Uh, uh, coal is quite a, a unique environment. After years of everyone hating coal and thinking it was coming to the end of its life, full stop, as a as a sensible commodity, the price uh, dramatically increased in uh, uh, in 2016, uh, and there's uh, now a resurgence of interest in the in the sector. Of course, the uh, American coal assets and good old Regency Mines has uh, just acquired one of those. Uh, if you get them in the right area, the supply de demand uh, uh, situation is fabulous. The overall geopolitical environment is favor favorable under Trump. Uh, and there are opportunities aplenty uh, at the moment. So, yeah, coal's another interesting one. We are we kind of spoke for choice in fairness. And we, we have a number of interests across a number of geographies in, in, in pretty much all of those uh, uh, those commodity uh, commodities that we just discussed, so that it's we've got to pick sensibly and carefully. We need to engage with the right things early on, because the initial acquisitions that we take will form the bedrock and foundation of our business, and we've yeah. got to get that uh, right. You seem to be entering the markets at a time when you said likes of uranium, it's turning round. You've got lithium, it's quite sexy now. Uh, cobalt's obviously the mobile phones, etc. So you, you could be in a good place right now, to be honest. Yeah, we, we think we are. Uh, I mean, timing is, is, is quite key, and you very rarely get the absolute bottom of any market or any stock, and you very yeah. rarely get the absolute top. But we, we, we think we're, we're in a good space. We, we think there is a, not a dearth as such, but, but few opportunities of this nature on the AIM market for people to invest. Uh, but we, it, this is not a traditional company, as none of the companies that uh, I end up involved with are. We will uh, be driven uh, all the way through the process to do our best for shareholders. The, uh, the only way this thing works as an investor is if you're able to uh, invest your money and make a, a really decent return. Now, no one can, uh, no one can uh, uh, kind of budget for exploration risk. Uh, in the sense that geologically something might look promising but not deliver. Yeah, but in true. terms of business administration, in terms of uh, you know raising money at fair 
prices, uh, looking after your existing shareholders, running a reasonable, decent business, then we can do that. And that's what we've done in the past. That's what I did with uh, Metal Tiger. Uh, and uh, that philosophy for, for looking after the, uh, the current shareholders will continue to apply in uh, China Africa Resources or whatever name it takes in due course uh, should that change. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we, we're very excited. We want to um, employ the same principles in this business as have been done in the past successfully and and make sure we deliver for shareholders. We it, There has been a, a little bit of a, a time lag, Alex, because we've done... Uh, when we when you take over any company as we did in uh, mid December just before Christmas, you know you you've got to deal with certain administration matters and get everything in order, and that takes a bit of time. And people have seen some of that progress in market announcements. You know the change of advisors, the uh, general business updates, and this kind of thing. Uh, what we really want to do is make sure we get some project-related, uh, investment-related news out to market so that people can start to see the kind of things that we are looking at and the kind of uh, work that we've been doing in the background. We haven't sat here just uh, uh, doing filing for the for the last month or so. We've been looking proactively at, across a, quite a few different opportunities and furthering the ones that we think have the best potential for our shareholders. And as soon as we get to a point of crystallization, we're going to let everybody know through market news announcements. Well, that's why Share Talk likes engaging with you, Paul, because you do engage with shareholders, and that we like companies that do that, that keep in touch with the people who actually pay the wages and support the company. Yeah, they do. That's exactly right. I mean, in fairness, we're not the wages are not particularly high, uh, as outlined within the uh, <laughs> within the within the R and S for the December meeting. The uh, the four directors of the company are on. Uh, uh, fixed 25k, 50%, uh, minimum 50% of which was taken in stock. So uh, there, there isn't, you know, a massive outgoing yeah. for uh, for directors, but we are working them quite hard, and we we have been relatively quiet on the market uh, in terms of market news flow and media work because we've been literally very busy, and it's prevented us from having too much free time to start talking. And of course, the re the reality is, you can sound a bit vacuous if you don't have much to talk about. So really, the, the, it's good to speak to you today just to let everybody know that things are moving forward, we are making progress, and we are doing an awful lot of work uh, in the background, and hopefully uh, that, that work can come to the fore in terms of market news announcements in the not-too-distant future. I'm sure your current shareholders and also people who are unaware of the company listeners today, it'll, you know, it puts the message across for you. And uh, Would you keep in touch if we can do maybe a Q&A in the future when you have some news or another interview? Yeah, of course. I would love to do that, and and we will we will be talking as we as we start to do things. We will be talking more about them, uh, and yeah, because obviously you you have your your news announcements that go out to market, uh, yeah. and it's always good to chat generally around things and answer people's questions. Obviously, we 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 can't do anything that's. Uh, uh, that, that would breach market rules in terms of price sensitive matters, matters not disclosed and so on. But as much as we're able to, we will quite happily talk around what we're doing. Uh, now we're in Farnborough, that seems a long way to go for a video interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're always welcome. You're always oh. welcome in Farnborough. I better get the sat nav out first. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, we've got well, we've got we've got all the details uh, of the office uh, where it is on the website. If anyone wants to visit and, uh, and come and have a look, then they're welcome. Anyone wants to call or email info at China Africa Res R E S dot com, 
or pick up the phone and give us a ring. Uh, happy to speak to any shareholders, again, subject to obvious market rules in terms of information release. Uh, the, uh, we've got the Twitter feed. Uh, uh, I think he's at China Africa Res. Uh, so people can see uh, stuff that we put out on Twitter. Uh, and uh, we will uh, be attending various shows and doing various presentations. We, we've got one on Saturday. Yeah, man, I may have a that we're doing, yeah, uh, up in the, in the West Midlands. So uh, the uh, the kind of standard philosophy of making sure we communicate with the investors uh, continues. Uh, it's it's a great uh, time to be in the resource market. There's a lot that you can do, as we we learned with uh, with uh, that uh, the project in Metal Tiger. Uh, the copper project that we uh, got involved with there, then tremendous things can come from uh, exploration opportunities and uh, look forward to uh, bringing a few ideas and uh, uh, investments and potential acquisitions to the market's attention in the not too distant future. Paul, it's always a pleasure. Thanks very much for taking your time to speak to your shareholders today and hopefully we can catch up in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Alex. All right. Cheers, Paul.